and we are now. All right. So welcome to episode three of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, uh, I almost called myself Nancy, uh, Lisa, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was reading, um, along with Nancy Minicozzi. Um, I teach fifth grade in South Monterey County. And Nancy. I'm and I'm really Nancy Minicozzi. Um, I'm an ed tech coach in uh, Northwest Los Angeles County. And I'm Janelle Golden, and I teach fourth grade in um, Northwest South Los Angeles <laughs> County. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is just a reminder that our po of our podcast focus. We like to have it accessible, thus the whole podcast thing, so you get to listen to it when you want to um, on your schedule. We try to make it short, so 15 minutes is our limit. Um, we do like the video format. Uh, we also have ourselves on iTunes, so be sure to check us out and subscribe to us. Um, we do have a question section that you can get all of your questions answered. So you can either join us live on Blab uh, every other Monday, so the first and third Monday of the month, or on our website, which is tlc.ninja, because yeah, we're that cool and we are .ninja. Um, so this is personal, personalized mobile P for you. So whatever you want to learn about, it's all about you. So the listener, that's you, uh, gets to choose our focus and what we talk about and where we want to go in education. Uh, we also like our, quote, normal guests and not the edge celebrities, not that we don't love our edge celebrities. We love them. They're inspiring. But sometimes for... A newbie kind of getting into all of this, it can be very overwhelming. So getting those normal people who are doing it on a daily basis makes it more accessible to everybody. And we want to celebrate everybody. So um, so make sure that we are on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter, but if you're not, that's fine because we know that can be really scary and confusing for the non-tech folks. All right, Nancy, you have our coffee portion. All right, so our coffee today, we're going to talk about Robusta and Arabica beans, because a lot of people don't really know the difference. So Arabica are the more expensive, more flavorful, flavorful, yes, I can talk, flavorful beans. They're the most part of a lot of coffee, and today it's really popular now to say 100% Arabica, but don't forget the Robusta beans. They are very tasty, or not tasty, but they give coffee that body. So that Italian espresso, that kind of oily richness, that comes from the Robusta beans. But you don't want to have a coffee that is too high in Robusta beans because then it will just be bitter mm -hmm. and you will not like it. Um, so that's for that. And now we are on to the tech and learn portion. So today we have Janelle Golden, um, who teaches in my district. Say hi to everybody. Let's give hi. her some props. We, she likes the props. We're giving her more props. There we go. <laughs> um, and the reason I invited her to come on is because she, uh, over spring break, a couple weeks ago, transformed her classroom from standard desks and chairs to a completely flexible environment. She is already inspiring people. I've talked to two other people, and I don't know if you know this, but two other people in our district are planning flexible classrooms because they Yay. saw your room. Um, that's awesome. So it is, we are so thrilled, and that's really that's why we want to have the real people on our show. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you teach. Tell us about your flexible classroom. 
Well, so I'm Janelle Golden, and um, I teach fourth grade this year. It's my second year teaching in this grade. It's actually my fourth year teaching altogether. Um, I started out in a third grade classroom, and that had traditional desks, but they were smaller, um, and moved to a first grade classroom my second year, and we didn't have desks there. We had tables. So when I moved to fourth grade, it was quite a bit of a jump, um, and... I missed the tables because I missed the way that you can come around a table and talk instead of being pigeonholed to a desk. Um, and so I, last summer, I'm not a heavy Twitter user, but last summer I was hashtag crazy and started to follow a lot of hashtags and just lurking, I guess is the term, um, for pictures and ideas um, about maybe changing my classroom so that I can get rid of the desks because they're just in the way. And I have 36 kids and for what I like to do in the classroom, um, desks just wasn't useful. They just ended up being a space. It just took up space. So um, I wanted to redo it. And how did you um, go about changing your classroom? Um, so, like I said, at the beginning around July or August, I was on Twitter. I started looking up teachers who might have done something similar um, and on Twitter. And then I also was on Pinterest and started pinning ideas um, for flexible seating. So I saw a lot of crate seating and bean bags and um, yoga balls, stability balls for flexible seating. And then over time, I started to see more classrooms transformed. It wasn't just the seats, it was the way the space was organized. Um, and it had a hashtag flexible classroom and also classroom design. Um, so I've been following that. Um, and so I just kind of created a Pinterest board, my Pinspiration, and um, started to collect ideas that way. And then in my free time on the weekends and stuff, I would just kind of sketch and draw like on plain white paper, my dream classroom um, through like, combining all the things that I saw. And then in January, I went to my principal with this idea and kind of had a plan in my mind that probably wasn't very coherent, but it was there and I showed him my sketches and I had a bunch of erases and I said, this is what, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Like, what can I do? What will you allow? What funding is available? Or can I even do it? And I have a really supportive principal. So we kind of brainstormed, um, you know, the purpose, like what I wanted to do with it, what my goals were, um, and, you know, how much money it's going to cost, of course, and when I was going to do it. And so when we had mapped all that out, um, we, I just started shopping. That was the fun part. I got to the shopping part and made it happen and started collecting, like, actual physical items and storing it in the PR until um, spring break when I decided I would do it. That's great. So there was a lot of planning that took place behind the scenes before you ever brought it to him and then more planning afterwards, right? Well, I would say that the planning, the time it took, um, I didn't see it as planning because I was just so inspired by what I was seeing. I just saved things. And I think that was something I'd learned from last year is I'd see all these great ideas and I would use them or try them out once and then like misplace the file or not know where to refer. So like this year I'm back in fourth grade and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember I did something, I did something around this time last year with the gold rush and where was that source? And I can't find it. So this year I decided to start just saving things, linking things, saving, emailing myself, uh, tweeting out things, 
creating boards. Um, so that type of planning did take a while because I did it over time. But when it came down to the planning out my room, because it was, it's been like growing in my brain about how I wanted it to work out. It was a matter of just actually is the action. So it's now going out to do right. it. Putting um, it in. Yeah. Putting it into place. Oh, that's great. So I know we talked briefly about how the first week was going because I, I was lucky yeah. enough to stop into Janelle's classroom um, during the first week. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about how the kids uh, handled the change, how you and the students handled the change? Yeah, so um, my principal highly suggested that I tell my class and the parents a week before spring break. So I did tell the kids that the classroom would look dramatically different when they got back. And I didn't tell them specifics, but I said that um, they wouldn't have any desks. That was all I told them and that they wouldn't have an assigned seat. And um, it was really interesting because before I even revealed the classroom, they had some concerns. I mean, obviously they were exciting, excited and you know, shocked and like, oh my gosh, like, what do you, what do you mean? And really until they saw it, they couldn't really imagine like seeing a picture what, what it would be like. Um, but it was good to get their questions out beforehand and kind of annotate those, like write those down and address concerns they had before the reveal because it did change a little bit the way I had laid out my room. Just small tweaks here and there. Like for example, like where the community supplies then would be placed. Um, they were worried that if they needed a Sharpie, if they ran out of a glue, ran out of glue sticks, like they didn't know where to find things. And so they were concerned about being successful that way or like their desk items, like where am I going to put my things and how do I take a test? Um, so it was good to have that discussion ahead of time and also start talking about expectations. And when I talked about like, well, what do you think um, a flexible classroom is going to look like? What does flexible mean? So for the day of the big reveal, um, they I think they were shocked more than they were excited. I mean, they looked, they just didn't know what to do. They walked in, they're like, oh my gosh, there's a couch and there are balls and there's a table that I can kneel at and there's a table I can stand at and all tables are gray. Um, and they were, they were just like, what do I do? Where do I sit? And I'm like, sit where you will learn best this morning. I have morning announcements. We, it's business as usual. It's just now you have to find a spot where you'll be comfortable. Um, and so day one was um, probably the best day we've had so far was day one. And we've had some, a lot of ups and a few downs, some, some pretty low downs. I had to take away some stuff. Um, but they learn really quickly because the classroom in itself is an incentive. Um, so, you know, it only takes one, you know, clip down to the warning on my behavior chart for them to, to kind of own up to their responsibilities. Well, that's great. And um, I just forgot to mention, um, Janelle was very generous in sharing a, a link to her Pinterest board and um, some other files that you can look at. And so those will be in our notes, I think. Is that right, Lisa? Yeah, they're here on our notes on the live chat. And um, Janelle, if we have your permission, can we put some of the amazing pictures um, on our on our website along with yeah. this? Absolutely. Awesome. All of it. Do I was anything. looking at them and I just thought, oh my goodness, this is a classroom that I would want to be in. Thank so you. Yes, an please. amazing job. Um, did you. you find any resistance from anybody within the district? I know some districts, um, maintenance and custodial staff, uh, um, other people aren't, aren't, aren't all into these sorts of flexible uh, seating arrangements. Um, actually, no. So... 
so it started with my principal and he's very forward thinking. And so the minute I got his support, I knew that it would be easier to get the support of like the, our custodian and plant manager. And I did tell them there's two of them way ahead of time. Like, this is what I'm thinking. I, I want the desk out. And so the concern was, where are we going to put your desk and chairs? And actually outside my classroom, I have all 38 chairs that I had in my classroom still outside stacked. Um, and actually I use it as like, Hey kids, you know, I can grab those chairs at any moment and replace them, you know, replace the yoga balls with the chairs. So we, because we don't have storage for it. Um, but I really do feel, I feel really lucky that we, I had the support I have and, um, my principal went to the district to ask them about some funding that they had set aside for furniture that not a lot of people has tapped into. And I didn't even know that we had this money. And I think that it was like a message to me, like, if you don't ask, you won't get it or you won't know it's there. Um, so when my principal found out we still had a certain amount of money, he was like, well, is anyone else asking for it? Can we just have it? And so we had however much we were allowed as a school. And each school got equal funding for furniture. That, at least that's what I was told. Um, and so we took our share of that and used it for my classroom. Oh, that's great. So, um, so if another teacher wants to implement something like this in their classroom, mm -hmm. what advice would you have for them? So what I did was a flip and I would not advise flipping your classroom, especially not in the middle of the year, but it takes a certain, I think you have to be comfortable with doing that. So if you are, then I say go for it. Um, but I think the first thing that teachers should do is to look at a space and think about the furniture they currently have and think to themselves like, do I need that? Am I using it? What am I using it for? And how are the kids using it? Um, for example, like I looked at my desk, which took up, which is now my library area, which has crate seating, cushion crate seating, carpeting, and bean bags. I looked at my clunky desk and I said, I don't use that. That's storage. I have piles and piles on it. I'm gonna get rid of that. And then I looked at what space after I removed it. I'm like, what am I gonna do with it? And that's how I started to plan my library space. So I completely moved my library from one end of the, of the room to another. So I would. I would advise that teachers do it space by space so that there's not an overwhelming feeling on the teacher's end or the kid's end of a dramatic change. But like I said, if 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 it's in someone's comfort level to flip and just completely wipe the room, um, I did share in the folder a picture of my classroom beforehand with all the desks and then a picture after the desks were out with just the couch uh, freshly delivered and then all those pictures now as, it was as um, we set it up. Um, if it's someone's, if it's in someone's comfort level, then I say go for it. But a space by space basis, I think would be a smarter, stressless way to go. <laughs> and to always ask your principal. I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> yes. even if your principal may look scary or doesn't talk to you or, you know, doesn't seem like they'd be into it, you just never know. And I mean, if we're trying to get kids to collaborate and share ideas, I don't see why we can't do the same as teachers. And I just just ask. I mean, the worst that can happen is they say no. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what an inspiration you are. Truly, Thank it you. is inspiring. You're, I love your classroom. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I think that's our 15 minutes, right? That is our 15 minutes. Well, there it is. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> see, all right. 
Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for coming on. I'm so glad you said yes. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you very much. And it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. And our next podcast is going to be in, in May, right? In May, the first Monday in May. And we will be talking with Heidi Bolger. She is a first grade teacher in my district. And she is getting into centers and using centers in her classroom more and more. So I want her to come on. And she's not very tech savvy, so we're going to do it together <laughs> on one computer. All right. That works. So, Yep. Yeah. See everybody right. then. Bye.